It was the dawn of the third age of podcasting, 20 years after Babylon 5's debut. This intro cast is a dream given form. Its goal? To introduce the show to new fans by creating a place where new viewers and old alike can discuss the show peacefully. It's a port of call, home away from home for geeks, nerds, podcasters, and wanderers. British and Americans, wrapped up in minutes of audio downloads, all alone on the web. It can be a silly place, but it's our last best hope for intelligent analysis. This is the story of the first of the Babylon 5 intro cast. The year is 2014. The name of the show is Down Below. Hello again, everyone, and welcome to Down Below, a Babylon 5 intro cast. I'm Will. I'm Ann. I'm Heidi. I'm Elizabeth. Today, we are joined by a very last-minute visitor. He is the host of the Red Dwarf intro cast. Say hello to Shane. Hi, Hi guys. Hi, Shane. Hello. And, yeah, unexpected um, opening of the jump gate there. Really, <laughs> really wasn't expecting you until a little earlier. It's like a Vorlon just shows up. with. <laughs> yeah. Or a soul hunter. So, Shane, you're an old fan of Babylon 5, aren't you? I certainly am. I uh, started watching it when it originally aired in season one. Uh, you haven't quite got to the episode yet, so I'll say no more. Okay. Mm. But you rewatched it a few times since then. Yeah, I I had them all on video, and uh, I bought the entire collection on DVD for the first time just after Christmas this year, so I could so I could uh, rewatch it with you guys. Awesome. Well, you had them on VHS before, didn't you? Yes, I did. Yes, I did. Wow. Yeah, I I don't know what the packaging was like in the US, but I had the um, VHSs as well. Each season they had a different design, didn't they? They certainly did, yes. Yeah. So um, I personally preferred the uh, design for uh, season four, um, even though the other ones, the design was spanned all over the um, idea. Uh, sounds like someone's injured. Is everyone uh, anyway. right there? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, anyway, um, yeah, the others had a design that spanned all over the um, 20, so, well, 12 videos, sorry, trying to, half 22, yeah, about 12 videos, um, uh, and then uh, with season four, they just did it um, in a blue design, but it it, it was kind of this uh, computer design, at the time I found it quite cool. <laughs> So you'd have like sixty VHS tapes for all the seasons, right? Uh, um, something like that. Something wow. Like that, yeah, uh, they did two, two episodes per tape, and they changed the numbering in season four, as in they went to they went volume one, two, three, four, five, all the way up. And in season four, yeah. they they changed it to volume four point zero one. Yeah. Oh, okay. Maybe maybe I'd prefer the uh, VHSs for season four because that's when I started collecting these box sets. Um, anyway, um, on another note about the broadcast dates, I think the Lurking Sky must have it wrong because I, since last week, I seem to remember of seeing the series before 99. Um, Shane, I'm wondering if you can remember. Uh, yes, they certainly did. I mean, I remember... Oh, good. 
watching it uh, when the Crystal Maze was on, and the Crystal Maze finished in '95, I believe. So it must it was before '90, so it was about '95, '96 when it was first on. Yeah, um, look, you guys, completely wrong then. Mm. Um, I just thought I should mention that because I got it wrong last week. Before we get started out uh, on the episode, I wanted to talk about an interview with JMS that was on zap2it.com Friday, and they were talking to him about the 20th anniversary of Babylon 5. And I just wanted to share a few non-spoilery bits of information. He stated that the characters to him, they're still alive today, and they still talk to him sometimes, and he has scenes still popping into his head at times. I think that's... Mm -hmm. Pretty cool. Like, I would like to see more Babylon 5. kind of wonder what he's coming up with. They asked him if he sees the effect of Babylon 5 on other shows, and he replied, you know, we were the first ones to do a five-year arc. His TV was very episodic at that time. And when BSG came along, they were looking at how Babylon 5 did their show and wanted to kind of think about modeling it after them. And when Lost came along, Damon Lindelof said that they modeled their five-year arc after B5's five-year arc. And I know they ended up going longer, but I remember I remember originally Damon and Carlton saying they wanted to go for I think, five years. or And it sounded like they were going to leave the show after that. It was ABC that would have you know, wanted to keep the show on longer. Huh, that's cool. Yeah. Uh, okay, yeah. And they talked about interacting with fans over the internet. He was you know, a pioneer in that area. And he said that he thought that viewers can't get what they want out of TV if they don't understand the process. So he wanted to create a living document that showed how a show really was made. So you can know how it's made and demand better TV. And nowadays... What was this, what was this related to? He made a document? Well, he was one of the first people to interact with fans on the net. He was in, you know, user groups online, oh, okay. so talking just, directly with fans. Yeah. yeah. Okay. What does he say about other producers at the time? He says something that, about how scared they were of it. Oh yeah, they don't want to go out there because I can't remember the exact way he said it, but they don't want to be out there. Yeah, the impression kind of... is the other producers at the time just thought, oh, the fans on the internet, they're freaks, they're freaks. Well, they can be mean. <laughs> he mentioned that he put out the word that whenever they show a big shot of restaurant areas, he wanted to see some same-sex couples back there. He didn't want to make a big deal out of it because it shouldn't be a big deal. So I'm going to be looking for that you know, when we watch future episodes. I didn't I never noticed that before. Yeah, one thing about the show, you see something new every time. Because, um, yeah, if you've seen this show several times, you don't need to pay attention to the story as much. You look, start looking in the background and you see nice little gems that have been left in. They asked him how he thought Babylon 5 would do in today's TV landscape, and he thinks it would do pretty well uh, because people are still clamoring for it. But he did say that you would need to update the CGI and some of the makeup and wardrobe, and it'd be fine. Let's get rid of those 90s hairdos, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Though, if it was made today, we'd be looking at it back in 20 years' time and, oh, look at those Everybody 2014 hairstyles. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, he 
Yeah, they asked him what he what some of his favorite sci-fi projects have been since Babylon Five went off the air. He said he was disappointed in the lack of space stuff, and I'm glad he said that because this show has reminded me of how much I miss aliens and outer space on TV these days. I was kind of glad. I know uh, that show on Sci-Fi Defiance has aliens, but not a whole lot of outer space stuff. But I really yeah, that's miss. Earth based, isn't it? Yeah. So- yeah, and like um, Falling Skies is aliens, but no outer space. Right. He said that he liked Lost and Fringe, but he thinks one of the best shows in the genre is Buffy. And he says that he, if ever he comes across Buffy on TV, he immediately loses an hour. <laughs> um, I was just going to say, yeah, if it was made today, I'm sure he'd have um, Josh Wrighton in the episode for him. Yeah. Uh-huh. That's funny. And that was it. The next part is going to uh, be published on February 3rd. He's going to talk about some of his upcoming projects. Let's step to it.com. So the episode we're discussing today is Soul Hunter. But before that, here's our ISN special report. This is an ISN special report. Trouble aboard the Babylon 5 station as a day that started with a near collision ended in kidnapping and death. The pilot of an unregistered vessel lost consciousness while arriving at the jump gate, causing his ship to drift toward Babylon 5, a disaster narrowly averted by Commander Jeffrey Sinclair, who was able to grapple and tow the runaway ship to the station. The unconscious traveler was treated by station medical staff. Confidential sources tell us that the surprise guest was identified as a soul hunter, While soul hunters, legendary foreseers of death and soul collectors, are considered superstition and myth, a number of Babylon 5 residents requested immediate transfer. Although one passenger was killed in an altercation over a gambling dispute, it is rumored that the alleged soul hunter's real purpose was to assassinate a high-ranking ambassador. There are unconfirmed reports that an ambassador was abducted and nearly killed by the visitor, before being rescued by Babylon 5 staff. The whereabouts of the abductor are unknown. Soul Hunter originally aired on February 2nd, 1994. It was directed by Jim Johnston, who directed episodes of Sliders, Jag, Miami Vice, and it was written by JMS. The episode begins with the arrival of the new doctor, Stephen Franklin. He comes aboard the Isimov which was hmm. named after Isaac Asimov. Asimov. So, so what do you think about the new doctor? Yeah, I love we, him. <laughs> yeah, we don't just get new doctor, we've got a new boarding area as well. Completely different to what we saw in the pilot. Yeah, so basically it's kind of like a way station too. Like people will come and transfer to different outgoing ships. Like they'll transfer from one ship to another kind of thing. Like an airport style. Yeah, uh, anyway... Yeah. Franklin's the important part of this scene, I think. Well, I just have a quick question about the and the establishing shot. Is that that's are they docked near the moon of Earth? Earth's moon? Is that what that is? No, that's a no. planet. That's Epsilon oh. Three. They mention it briefly in the. Oh, I'm sorry, I missed it. Yeah, in the pilot, I think. Uh, yeah, and, and in that's the, the first, actually is that the first glimpse we get of a um, Earth ship? I don't know. It is, isn't it? I think it is actually, apart from transports and star theories, I think that's the first Earth ship we see. It looks cool. Mm-hmm. Dr. Stephen Franklin is played by Richard Biggs. He was on Days of Our Lives before B5. I think that was his major role. 
And since then, he was in a short film that was a companion piece to the 2004 remake of Dawn of the Dead. But unfortunately, Richard Biggs passed away in 2004 due to wow. an aortic dissection. I know okay. this cast hasn't <laughs> had a lot of... This has a bad run since the B5 ended. Boy, I guess. Um, I really liked him, and I was glad that we got a bit of a mention that he was replacing the previous doctor. Right. Mm -hmm. Even though I'm very upset about it because I wanted to know how he went crazy after he saw the Forlong. I know! (laughs) Yeah, we find out he's gone to work for the president. Yeah. You think we'll see him again, Heidi? Which maybe brings me to a theory. (laughs) Ooh. Mm -hmm. Um, but I'll save it for later. But yeah, I liked the new Doctor, and I liked the mention of the old Doctor because, you know, I was a little annoyed last week with the whole just changing of people. Yeah, I really yeah. like this guy. I mean, he's good looking. That's okay. Uh, but he's funny. I like him. And uh-huh. he's skeptical, and, uh, you know, I, I, I think he's good. Good addition. Plus, um, something you said last week, you know, the doc- loss of the last Doctor loses some diversity. Well, you've got the diversity right back here. Right. <laughs> yeah, I noticed that too. So introductions are made, but Sinclair is called to the CNC, but Dr. Franklin asks if it's always busy on the station, and Ivanova says, yes, we like it that way. <laughs> yeah, hang on, before we move on, there's another thing I've just remembered. Um, Ivanova has followed... Dr. Franklin's work, it sounds like um, mm-hmm. he's a well-known uh, doctor and scientist back yeah, home. Yeah, I noticed and that, yeah. Yeah, uh, that's something I hadn't remembered happening before, and it makes it a little intriguing, you know, wondering what his job was before this. Mm-hmm. You know, up until we watched The Gathering, I had completely forgotten that there was another doctor there before. Hmm. Well, not sure. Really Thanks a lot, Will. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> that doesn't necessarily say anything. My memory's not that great about a lot of things. That's right. Okay, and unidentified ship comes through the jump gate and it's damaged and it's on a collision course with B5. And we go to the opening credits. The ship looked awesome. I loved how it looked. So Sinclair takes the Star Fury out to try to link up with the ship. Ivanova wants to know why they don't just destroy the ship right away, but Sinclair says they would only do that if it presented a clear and present danger and besides first contact protocols. I have to ask, why is it Sinclair? That was my question. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was like, okay, this is like Admiral Adama going out and and going after mm-hmm. the Cylons. I don't know. It was uh, a little weird to me. It, it, yeah, it's early series writing, I think. I think they're tr- you know, he's trying to find his beat JMS as a writer and with this series. It doesn't need to be it doesn't need to be the commander at all. Yeah. That's, the, that's the entire point. He's the commander, so he commands people to do it, you know? <laughs> you uh-huh. go Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah, last week when he went out with the um fighter squadron, one of those could have gone out. Right. Yeah. And uh-huh. at least in the last episode there was a good reason because he didn't want to be there. And so that's why right. he actually went out with them. Yeah, I kind of thought they were trying to get to a point because I think Garibaldi says something later to him. I thought they were kind of trying to bring up some aspect of his character, you know, with him going out. Um, But we can talk about that later, I guess. 
Okay, Sinclair does manage to link up with the ship after a few attempts and tows it in. This was a bit sort of a bit of melodrama here, and it, it's just cliche. He got it at the last second. <laughs> it looked yeah. like those things you would use at the arcade to like grab a stuffed animal. <laughs> and if he didn't grab it at the last second, either A, it was going to crash into the side of the of Babylon 5, or be if they blow it apart, the pieces were going to crash into Babylon 5. <laughs> right. Oh, and also... <laughs> it was a lose-lose situation. Yeah, and also there was a question presented, uh, I think, in one of JMS's chats about this. If they had used their defenses to destroy the ship, they would have killed Sinclair as well. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah, um, again, at least it wasn't a tractor beam. You know, this is a realistic future. They don't have tractor beams, uh, he has to manually grab this uh, this ship, sorry. Next we see Delin and Sinclair, and it's pretty convenient that Delin just happens to run into Sinclair at this point, I think. Uh, Sinclair tells her that someone had attacked the ship. They don't know what species, they don't know who what this passenger is, but Delin offers to come along to help identify it. What I like about this little scene myself is that uh, the Soul Hunter is already on his way to MedLab, and you can you can actually see the commander actually getting changed on the go, so he can get to MedLab himself. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. In the MedLab, when Delenn sees the patient, she immediately becomes upset. She grabs Garibaldi's gun and tries to shoot the patient. Ah, <laughs> uh, Delenn. <laughs> yes. And she was mad. There was a little bit before she came in, though, when they're talking, when Dr. Franklin is talking about, like, how they have to figure out, like, what kind of alien this is, and then figure out how their body works in order to know how to treat them. And I found that fascinating. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, again, another night of a realistic future. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I'll, I'll be bringing this up again and again, I'm sure. Um, but I think it's something that is worth noting. It, you know, worth noting that this isn't Star Trek. This isn't your average sci-fi up until this point. Um, it's not a utopian future. Yeah, and thought has gone into how technology would progress and the limits of current technology and how far we could push that in the future. Yeah. Okay, and then Delenn tries to shoot the patient. Right. <laughs> Yeah, the queen of overreactions. Yeah, it's a little bit. <laughs> I think we also uh, here get a replacement swear word we can use on the po- podcast. Shattot. Oh, <laughs> sorry. Uh, oh, that was a exactly swear word. Right. <laughs> no, it's not a swear word in Mimbari. Um, I don't think, but I think we could use it as a swear word, oh. especially the way <laughs> Delenn says it. You know, it sounds like a swear word to me. Oh, okay. <laughs> What's the word they use on defiance? It begins with an S. Stocko. Sounds kind of like that. Okay, well, Delenn tells Sinclair that he has to kill the patient and says it's a soul hunter and must be removed from the station before someone dies. Uh, how does that work exactly? Like, somebody won't die if he leaves? I think no, she just wants... She, yeah, I think she's just saying that he'll get their soul. Not necessarily that they won't die. Yeah, and um, remember, 
my beliefs, you know, if the soul is taken, someone will actually die forever then. You know, yeah. um, if they die normally, their soul will go off and rejoin the population of that race and get reborn in the next generation. At least according to Delenn's belief. Yes. Mm-hmm. But he'd have to be present i mean like he was at the end he'd have to be like right there when they died in order to take their yeah because otherwise they miss it right okay i think part of this is to do with you know she this has been drilled into her since she was a child right and kind of how would she react if you know the monster from under the bed the you know the thing you're told as a child and you know you know tell scary stories about in school you know, all camping is there in front of you. Uh-huh. Well, you and know, that great fear. Yeah, but as we find out later too, she was, she was there. Like she's been maybe not physically seen him, but been present to stop a soul from being taken. Right. right. So next in the lens quarter, she apologizes for her behavior, and Sinclair mentions that. Um, he's known Delenn for two years, never seen her act that way before. And so she explains that Minbari children are taught to be careful or the soul hunter will come and steal their souls. And no one really knows what soul hunters are, but we do know that they are immor- immortal and they can sense death. That they can steal your soul at the moment of death, but they only take those they consider to be of great value. Mm-hmm. In this scene, she says they have a particular interest for Membari, whereas uh, the Soul Hunter later on says we take very few Membari. So again, matter of perspective. Mm-hmm. I think they're just interested in it because they don't have very many. Or they can't get to them very easily, so he's driven to greater lengths to get the Membari, I guess. Souls, mm. I don't know. Yeah, especially where he failed to get mm-hmm. the, like, the one that he really wanted. Right. And the next part, there's some back and forth between two different locations. In the down below, we see some gambling taking place. In the med lab, we see the Soul Hunter awaken. The Soul Hunter is played by William Morgan Shepard, who is the father of Mark Shepard. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. And this is our first Doctor Who connection. Yes. Because he played the old Encanton Everett Delaware the third. And Mark played the younger Canton Delaware. Yeah. He was on Doctor Who as well? Yeah, they're in the same episode, The Impossible Astronaut, season six premiere. I was just watching a Battlestar Galactica episode with him in it yesterday. Okay. I love him. That's, um, uh, the younger. Right, Mark. I don't know who the older guy is. For a second, I blanked on his name. (laughs) Yeah, Mark Shepard. I can't remember his name on the show, though. Yeah, but William Morgan Shepard's been in a lot of things like Star Trek, Voyager, The Next Generation. He was on an episode of Dexter. He does a lot of voice work because he has a distinctive voice. <laughs> He's on Gargoyles. So while this is going on, we oh, see... Oh, wait, I just wanted to say that okay. I, I really like this scene a lot. Like, I loved how they layered the sound and they kept repeating it over the shots of the Soul Hunter laying down and listening. And I just really liked how they did it. That was great. Garibaldi explains to Sinclair and Ivanova that the alien section is almost empty, so they figure that the word of the Soul Hunter, that he's there, must have gotten around. Soul Hunter speaks in Med Lab while the guy from down below is running around through the corridors. 
the cell hunter says that he's been to Earth before and says a lot of things that basically gives us the impression that he can sense that a death is about to occur and the guy in down below is stabbed. Yeah, um, I have a couple notes. Just um, I really like the makeup, how they did the makeup on this guy. Um, and at first, like the first time I watched it, the way he was speaking was really annoying. But the yeah. second time, I actually kind of liked it. <laughs> he would not be fun mm. at parties, though. <laughs> I, 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 was, I wasn't keen on um, his acting choice here. Um, uh, it, it, it kind of affected the um, whole arc for me a bit, brought it down a bit. Can you feel but it, the whole, the whole, Yeah, the whole concept of it is really good. It, it's just personally a shame his acting choices in this brought it down because the other things I've seen this actor in, he, he's pretty good. And yeah, it's just a little bit disappointing. Him standing there with the dry ice behind him, it actually always reminds me of his role in Sequest DSV when he, where he played the computer. Oh, he was on that, yeah. It's, it's but, very, very, it's very, very similar. So in Med Bay, the Soul Hunter is chanting while he's being questioned by Sinclair, and Sinclair says, "You seem to know exactly when the guy died." The Soul Hunter ignores Sinclair, but Sinclair finally provokes him by calling him a thief. And Dr. Franklin is skeptical. He wants to know exactly what is a Soul Hunter, but the Soul Hunter tells him to ask their Minbari friend, referring to Delin. But he says that they enshrine the souls that they take. But Dr. Franklin thinks this is nonsense. He says, oh, you can't take someone's soul. Oh, sorry. I just wanted to say the first time I watched this, I thought that the soul hunter was there for the um, the guy, the swindler guy, the games guy. And I was really confused. I, I was like, why would he want this guy? And I thought the whole episode was going to be about how he had a secret past and <laughs> he was really important. But I was wrong. Uh, oh, oh, also, it's a shame the DVD transfer wasn't cleaned up a bit on this. Oh, uh, yeah, this, there were yeah, blue lines yeah. going down the screen, yeah. Uh, the Soul Hunter talks about the time he came to take the soul of Minbari leader Dukat, and the Minbari made a wall of bodies to present to prevent him from uh, taking Dukat's soul. I just like this this whole thing. I really enjoyed because it was like we were getting everyone's perspective on this. We were getting um, Dr. Flank, Dr. Franklin didn't believe it was scientifically possible. Sinclair just didn't really believe any of it um, and and yet we end up you know kind of seeing that this is happening and um, and the soul hunter believes that they're taking these souls and worshiping them and learning from them and all of that and then uh, the Minbari uh, believe that they're like basically kidnapping souls, you know, and and there's just all these different perspectives, and it's it's really interesting. The so hunter yeah. says so hunter says quite something quite, uh, yeah, um, it says something along the lines of yeah, your uh, your war your fault. So yeah, your is fault he, your war. Yeah. yeah. So is he is he implying that we killed Jakart? Well, I think he was implying that it was. It was, his death was a result of something that was Earth's 
fault. Like Earth started this war. I mean, that of course I'm, that was my theory before, so maybe I'm more inclined to think that. But um, I think that he was implying that he died because of the war, which was Earth's fault or was Earth's war. That's what I thought he was saying, but I don't know. So in the CNC, Doctor Franklin informs Ivanova that he's finished the autopsy on the stabbing victim. The family can't afford to have the body transported, so they commit the body to the deep. I think it's interesting. Yeah, it's kind of like on Star Trek where they send the body out into space. I mean, I I really like how uh, how, um, Ivanova did the, you know, whatever, the speech, and then um, even the conversation that she had um, with Dr. Franklin was kind of like, you know, thematically in line with the stuff that we find out about souls in terms of preserving knowledge and ideas and and that kind of thing. So I I really liked it. Also kind of think it as a mini mission statement from JMS here saying yes, it's only been this is only 200 years in the future and we're the same old humans we're not going to drastically change in the next 200 years and become extremely altruistic. We'll still make the same mistakes. Don't expect this to be a perfect little future. In terms of them burying him in space, or...? Well, the um, the conversation between Franklin and Ivanova. Oh, okay. Yeah. So she's a pessimist. Also. So, she's a real... Well, she... She says she's Russian. This is yeah, but I didn't want to take that. that quote. <laughs> yeah, that's one of mine. Yeah. Okay, in Med Bay, Delenn goes to see the Soul Hunter. She wants to know where his collection is. He replies that his children are safe. He calls them his children. Delenn promises to search his ship, and she's going to free any souls he's stolen from the Minbari. And this is where we find out that they believe in reincarnation, and that's why they want the souls to be free. Very good bit of information. Mm-hmm. The Soul Hunter promises to help the Minbari in spite of themselves. He says he knows who Delin is, and she was there at the death of Ducat, and that was where everything started going wrong for him. Now he says that Delin was called Satai Delin of the Grey Council, and wonders why she's on B five playing ambassador when she leaves. Yeah, this was a a good bit of information that has my wheels turning <laughs> mysterious gray council that she doesn't want mentioned in her presence mm-hmm. where's her ring <laughs> you'll giggle there it sounds like you've been listening uh, to the same podcast I have um, the Babylon project where they yeah. keep on mentioning the rings yes they do they do they do yes they do um, yeah I've, it's a, it's a uh, great little podcast Babylon uh, podcast. I don't want to share another podcast here, but they've uh, <laughs> they've just they've just started uh, season five, and uh, I've just started listening to it from the beginning myself. Yes, they try not to be spoilery in places, but even when they're trying to be spoiler-free, uh, they'll s- slip up sometimes, and it's not something I think Elizabeth and Heidi should start listening to yet. That's okay. <laughs> but it's a, yeah, it's a good podcast still to listen to anyway. It's just there's a few slip ups here and there, and you would get a little bit spoiled, not majorly so. Yes. 
Uh, and I, I and think I sh- sh- should yeah. also point out oh, some of their podcasts are incredibly long. And oh, when okay. I mean when I mean long, I mean the three, four, five hour mark. Oh, wow. Is this each episode? <laughs> like, are they just talking about one episode for each no, they're podcast? Right, uh, no, they're talking two episodes per podcast. Mm-hmm. Wow, still. Okay, the soul hunter pretends to be injured so he can escape. And next we see him with his children and he tells them that he now knows why they've come there. Yeah, um, we saw it last week, um, Elizabeth and Heidi, but you, you get a look at the uh, um, new communicator here that they'll um, use for the rest of the series. Uh, this whole um, thing on their hand, on the back of their hand, it's, uh, it's a minor thing to note, but it's I think it's a nice little... Um, piece of tech <laughs> wait are you, is it like the thing on the wrist or well in it was you know how they had the watch communicator in the uh pilot okay yeah yeah they've got it on the back of their hand at this point oh i didn't even notice is the I um thought it was still on the, the wrist. Okay. no it's a gray little square they've got on the back of their hand that's their communicator okay i'll have to take note of that next time i didn't notice it either yeah uh, Okay. In the CNC, they don't know where the Soul Hunter is, but they believe that if they can... He went back to his ship and took something, but they believe that if they can figure out who is about to die, they can find out where he is. Yeah, and Ivanova comes up with that, and that was pretty smart. Yeah. The Soul Hunter finds an insectoid-like alien called Nagrath. He wants... Oh, I love Nagrath. The Soul Hunter's looking for a guy so that he can travel around the station undetected. McGrath said he needs a level 5 security to make that happen. So I think it was neat that we're seeing a you know different kind of alien, not just a human with different you know facial makeup. Yeah, oh. and I'm not sorry, I'm not sure about this, but I think McGrath, the, the uh, puppet used for McGrath, I think that's the same one that gets used in the first season of Buffy. You mean the Pragmantis? That was yeah, the Pragmantis. I think they recycled. <laughs> I think they recycled the prop. Okay, no, it looks see, so familiar. See, no, this is the great, 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 great grandson <laughs> of the teacher. Because <laughs> the egg patch. <laughs> that was like Excellent. my immediate thought. I'm like, okay, this is is that Pragmantis? <laughs> oh wow! It's hilarious. That's, that is great trivia, because as soon as I saw it, I was like, oh my god. <laughs> not sure where I heard that trivia, but I'm fairly certain it is. And I would like to point out that we uh, conveniently brought Buffy into it again, because someone on the <laughs> Facebook group commented on our Dawn discussion <laughs> last time, and so, yeah. It has to happen. <laughs> That's right. You can never go far wrong with Buffy. That's right. <laughs> In the CNC, they uh, see another Soul Hunter ship come through the jump gate. Uh, the second Soul Hunter says that he must dock at once because someone is about to die. These Soul Hunters need names because yeah. at this point I was like, okay, Soul Hunter number one, Soul Hunter number two. Yeah, so you're... Two, with SH2 and SH. <laughs> Soul Hunter number two is played by John Snyder. He was in an episode of Baywatch Nights. <laughs> He's done some episodes of Star Trek The Next Generation. Now, is this after the um, Garibaldi and Sinclair are walking through the hallway and, and Garibaldi's getting on Sinclair's case? No, that's next. Oh, sorry. That's fine. 
Uh, well, Garibaldi doesn't think he should meet uh, Soul Hunter number two, or but Sinclair meets with him anyway. Yeah, the, my notes are the same way. SH two warns uh-huh. Sinclair about SH one. He thinks that SH one is disturbed. Yeah, I hope we don't have an episode with a bunch of them because that will be very confusing. No kidding, we'll have no idea who's talking to who. And... <laughs> I know. Well, um, I like this conversation. If we're on that already, yes. okay. Because I thought, okay, last week I had a kind of complaint about Sinclair that he didn't seem to have any faults. You know, he seemed like he didn't, you know, he was all good. And I thought maybe they were trying to get at that he has kind of a hero complex, maybe. That he he has to get out there in the Star Fury. Um, he has to go meet and, and put himself in danger because, you know, he can't, he's not very good at delegating and he wants to be the hero. But, I mean, that's just, I was kind of hoping that they were going to go there. I don't know if they will, but that's kind of like when Garibaldi was getting on his case. Um, he's like, I'm security, you know. Um, I thought, hopefully, maybe they're going there with uh, Sinclair. That'd be yeah, great. Yeah, maybe. Or maybe just the fact that he's so used to just being a soldier, that like uh-huh. being the leader, he doesn't know how to not be right in the middle of everything. That's true. And at least they raised the point and didn't just let it slide as a cliche. They're noting that he's always doing it. Yeah. So the soul hunter enters Delin's quarters and says that he will save her soul at any cost. Elsewhere, we see soul hunter 2 explain how soul hunter 1 had lost several souls and ended up becoming fragile because of that. And soul (laughs) hunter... I can't speak today. <laughs> Soul Hunter 1 had found a solution to stop waiting for death, and but the Soul Hunters don't agree with his solution. Well, he's enterprising. He's taking initiative. You yeah. still get what you want. so Exactly. They're going to die anyways eventually. Yeah, so uh. he's like, what happens when a Soul Hunter loses his mind? Yeah. <laughs> Although Soul Hunter's two expression is kind of mm, that damn dog. It's kind of he's not that angry about it. It's kind of more mm, he's yeah. kind of made us Just look to... bad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if we could get away with this, we would do it. Is right. almost his thought, yeah. I think. <laughs> Nobody's gonna let us on their planet now. So next, we see that the Soul Hunter has bound Delin. He talks about how Delin disgraced him in front of his brothers and he thinks that taking the soul of a Grey Council member will atone for his failure. And in this scene, I could hear that she was the French woman from Lost. <laughs> I was like, oh, I can, I can hear it in the voice. Yeah, the soul hunter doesn't want to rip the soul from Delin because it would damage the soul, so he's going to give her a peaceful death. He's very creepy in this scene and says a lot of stuff yeah and Um, do they have to go through like this whole process of setting up this machine to capture the soul like every time that they get a soul it's no wonder that they're missing out on it it takes too much effort (laughs) yeah does it take power do you have to plug it in (laughs) (laughs) and then you know no wonder you know all the uh, souls he's trying to capture escape as well because you're just holding Delen down with a bit of electrical tape or <laughs> oil. Um, I guess I don't know if we're supposed to actually look into this too much, but 
the concept of the soul I'm trying to grasp in this world here, you know, I, I guess with souls and talking about souls, you can't think about it too much because it gets very confusing. But it seems like in this uh, universe, you know, slash world building, the soul is like a consciousness. It includes uh, people's like history and ideas and thoughts. I mean, versus being more well, like a conscious conscience. I think it's left up to your own point of view because Franklin raises the possibility with the right bit of technology, you could capture someone's consciousness. Mm-hmm. So, are the soul hunters merely capturing someone's consciousness at the point of death, or are they really capturing the soul? It's up to you to decide. Right, but then you have to like have a concept of what a soul is. <laughs> but uh, uh, I see what you mean. Yeah, that's always confused me. I mean, in terms of when people start talking about souls, I start my brain just starts going like, "What is a soul? How does this work?" But I don't know. It seems because it because it. At least he was giving the impression that he can talk to the souls mm-hmm. and get I, get information from them or get, you know, senses of what their lives were. And I mean, that's why they were he was picking the great leaders, right? So that he would get like the best. Yeah. The yeah. best conversation. <laughs> Maybe he no, is. No, what, I'm, what I'm picturing is like the portraits in Harry Potter. No. And how they can talk to the previous dead master. It's like they don't learn new things, but they can tell you about the things that happened in their lives. Oh, yes. I don't know. That that just popped into my head when you were questioning, you know, like what it meant. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, kind of like how, so, yeah, they can't uh, form new. I don't know. It's just interesting to me. Yeah. It would be really cool if they were portraits, though. <laughs> They kind of are. They're just in a little ball. Yeah. What if we find out that they're just balls of light and he's been too much (laughs) dust? He's been inhaling too much dust. He's high on something, I guess. Um, Uh, He says some interesting things here. here, Or is that in the uh, following scene? When he says some interesting things to Delan? Yeah, that's... um, I think that's this scene, yeah. Well, Sinclair and Garibaldi figure out that since soul hunters can sense death that soul hunter too should just to try to figure out who's about to die they can use that to find Delin. so Sinclair finds her that was easy you know he's <laughs> just like oh I right thought, there yeah. I thought he was misleading them because he gave this weird look after he pointed and they left I thought oh he's totally lying he's gonna go take care of the soul hunter himself but I was so Sinclair finds her. He has a fight with the Soul Hunter. While they're fighting, the Soul Hunter asks Sinclair why he fights for her, that she is Satai and that they're using him. But in the end, Sinclair releases the Soul Hunter's children. The children get angry at him, and Sinclair uses the Soul Hunter's weapon to kill him, Soul Hunter. And the Soul Hunter no. goes a wibbly. Never once does he call for backup. Yeah. Um, okay, one thing that the Soul Hunter said when he was talking to Delenn was something about how could you plan and do such a thing? Right. Uh-huh. Oh, just all of these little bits and pieces in this episode. Yeah, is that, is that what you were talking about, Ian, when you were asking? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. 
Because, yeah, that... yeah that, that's when he was saying interesting things about her, yeah. Getting I a glimpse of have, herself. Whoa, with exclamation point in my notes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, and then the comment about to Sinclair about they're using you. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, man, what does this all mean? I know, I don't know, but it's... I have no idea. I have no theory, but... We'll get to those later. <laughs> well, I said I don't have a theory, but... I, I, I kind can't. of do. All oh, right, sorry. <laughs> Oh, I thought you said you had a theory. In the med bay, Delin is recovering. Uh, Dr. Franklin is curious about what Sinclair saw. Delin awakens for a minute and says, we were right about you, and then she falls asleep again. Like he has a hero yeah. complex? Sorry. I'm <laughs> 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 well, the comment Franklin has here, it's almost as if, yeah, don't talk like that, otherwise you'll get shipped off like uh, Dr. Kyle. He's not really with the president. I just said that. <laughs> He's actually in the loony bin. Yeah. He's locked up. Uh, so it, Sinclair goes back to his quarters and he Googles the word Satai and finds out that it's an honorific given to members of the Grey Council. He wonders why a member of the ruling body of the Minbari would be assigned to ambassadorial duties. Yeah, well, so now he kind of has the same information that we do. A little bit mm-hmm. less, but... Yeah. I guess in the pilot, it seemed when Jakar brought up um, the Grey Council and Delenn used the ring or whatever, anyways, it seemed like it was a secret society or something, like very secretive, like nobody knew about it. But now it just seems like that's the name given to the top government ruling body. So I don't know if it's supposed to be secret or... I don't know. It's weird. It doesn't seem as secretive now. It just seems like it's secret that she's part of it, but just the name Great Council doesn't seem as secretive to me anymore. Okay. I don't know. A later... Sinclair is telling Soul Hunter 2 that Babylon 5 is off limits to Soul Hunters from now on. Soul Hunter 2 wants to know what happened to Soul Hunter 1's collection, and Sinclair says that you know, it's just going to have to be a mystery. Soul yeah. Hunter 2 had hair on his cloak, that's all I'm saying. <laughs> In Delenn's quarters, we see that she has the Soul Hunter's collection and she is freeing the souls. Oh, that's what she was doing? I could not okay. it out. Yeah, yes. there were some smashed little balls on the floor. Okay, I thought she I... was, like, feeding on them or something. Yeah, see, <laughs> see that's, that's kind of my thing. I'm like, okay, so I think that we're supposed to believe that she's freeing them. However, yeah. it kind of looks like they're being absorbed into her in some weird way. And and I'm I'm really not sure still. <laughs> Yeah, it was weird. And the second time I watched yeah. it, I saw a blue light going towards the door, but I didn't see one for the other one she was holding, so I wasn't sure if I was supposed to think that she was releasing them or if she was just enjoying them in some weird way. She's just happy that the souls were free, I think. Yeah, she had like this yeah. ecstatic look on her face. JMS was really happy with this episode because he thought it took what? would normally have been a science fantasy issue and dealt with it from a science fiction perspective. How did you guys feel about bringing the concept of souls into science fiction? I really enjoyed it. I I really... 
especially where we got all the different perspectives. Like, it's not, it's not a, this is an absolute and this is what was happening. You can kind of interpret it for yourself. And, um, and each of the characters is interpreting it as well. Hey guys, this is Will with a little spoiler alert. Uh, if you're not caught up on Lost and BSG, you might want to skip the next little section. We talk for about a minute, 32, 33 seconds on both of those shows. So after you hear the beep, if you're not caught up on those shows, you may want to skip ahead about a minute, 32, 33 seconds, starting now. I remember a lot of people being kind of upset when like in BSG and Lost, they kind of brought in spirituality kind of at the end and I don't know if that's because it was kind of brought in at the end and not introduced from the beginning. Well don't they always talk about it in BSG? Yeah, it's it's I do. It's not really yeah. confirmed though until the end, right? That oh, okay. I see on. what you're um, saying. Well it is because uh, when they go to see when they go to that temple, right? They're transported to Earth. I mean, that's pretty good confirmation that... Yeah, but it could have just been an illusion. It's possible that it could have just been an illusion. You mean like a scientific... Yeah, some some something went into their heads and they didn't think that they were seeing that. Yeah, Star- Starbucks are religious almost from the very beginning. You, you, they always talk about the scriptures and well, and the the Cylons always believe in yeah. their god too. But but I see what yeah. you're saying, Will. That it's like not until the end, which we shouldn't Wait, talk about. Um, yeah, I, I, I'm just thinking, Will, maybe <laughs> it's all real. Minor spoiler. You should put a minor spoiler um, a minute or two ago in the edit so that yeah, anyone who's watching along with Resurrection Cast can uh, avoid these minor spoilers. Right. Okay. And I don't think uh, it confirms anything per se at this point in the, in the show. Um, I mean, we do see that different... Um, I guess a one pet peeve of mine is when all of the, all people of the same planet are shown to have the same religion, but that's just my little pet peeve. Um, but... Uh, I don't think they confirm necessarily no. any particular religion. I, I do, you know, I, I am in a way where I don't like a show, a science show, to be confirming a certain religion. But um, but I don't have a problem with this. I liked it. I, I really want to see, like, what the different races believe, um, you know, and, and what um, different religions are out there and belief systems. I don't think I don't know how I'll feel if they confirm one one or the other to be true, but um, I didn't have a problem with this. I I liked it a lot. JMS was asked who was right, the Soul Hunter or the Membari, and his reply was yes. <laughs> Confirming that JMS is a Vorlon. Good answer. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. All right. How about some quotes? Do we have any quotes? Um, I have. Sinclair, two soul hunters. Did somebody book a convention without telling me? <laughs> um, okay, I have one. <clears throat> I don't know if I should read the entire thing. Um, okay, uh, soul hunter one. It comes, the transition, a shadow, the long exhalation of the spirit. Can you see it, healer? Can you see it? Someone killed that speaker. I laughed out loud at that one because... At first, I thought he was saying, kill the guy that was speaking. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and, I, and I laughed so hard. Mm. I was like, that's awesome. 
on the intro to Briscoe, when we do quotes, we're supposed to do our impersonation of the character saying it, but no, I won't. <laughs> I won't make that a rule. Oh, good. But um, I have Ivanova when they're talking about how uh, humans uh, live short time, but just when they're starting to get it right, then you know, life is over. Ivanova says, "Doesn't matter if we live two hundred years, we still be human." We still make the same mistakes. Franklin says, you're a pessimist. And Ivanova says, I'm Russian, doctor. We understand these things. <laughs> uh, that was good. I've got another Ivanova quote. This is not a clear and present danger. I must read the rule book again. And you've just taken my quote. Oh. <laughs> Anything there else? There must be something else. Yeah. Uh, no backup. Go ahead. Uh, you would plan such a thing? You would do such a thing? Incredible. Awesome. Yeah. Mm. Um, I have one more Sinclair one, which is interesting that they're both from him. Um, yeah, I'll bet you half a year's salary she doesn't finish that sentence. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I've got Franklin earlier in the conversation. I'd be careful if I were you, Commander. That sort of talk would get you sent off for a very long vacation. I've got a Garibaldi quote. I really hate when you get heroic. It cuts into my business. A man's got to earn a living, you know. <laughs> I love that he's always talking about his vacation days and his salary. <laughs> it's fun. Yeah. So how do you feel about the fact that you know most of our characters, or maybe half of them, weren't in this episode? It was a pretty you know, focused on just a few characters. I was fine with it. Yeah, yeah, I was okay with it because... I like to see some focus on different characters. It made the recap a lot easier, I think, and just the episode kind of flowed differently. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm. there wasn't as much jumping back and forth. All right. Okay, so next, our characters of the week. Who's our human of the week? Uh, Dr. Franklin. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Hello, Dr. Franklin. Okay, I, I kind of went with Sinclair, yeah. but I can... Go for I, Dr. Franklin. Yeah, I had gone with Sinclair too, but only because he was just in it so much more than anybody else. But I can definitely go with Dr. Franklin. It's another great introduction to a new character, Dr. Franklin. It has to be him. How about our alien of the week? <laughs> We're in a gotta lot of places. <laughs> gotta be the soul, soul hunter. hunter. Okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I, I didn't yeah. want to say that. Soul hunter one. Wait a second, soul we got. One. Yeah, I was about. To, yeah, I was about to ask whether we should qualify that soul hunter one or soul hunter two. In soul. <laughs> yes. Okay. Go, yeah. Well, we've got the grass. Soul, oh, well. the grass. That's true, but he yeah. was not very much. Oh, question. So we never found out who DeGrasse used to give him as a guide. So I wonder if we're going to find that out, like who the. I guess the the guy he's using is, or if that's just something that we'll never really find out. Because didn't he get like had to have a level five Earth person to help the Soul Hunter? Yeah. So do we have a mole? Yeah, we must have a mole. Even though we never saw who it was. They're not speaking, Elizabeth. I think that may mean we've stumbled onto oh. something. <laughs> well, I don't think it's Garibaldi because they showed Garibaldi talking to Sinclair right after that. So I mean, I, I was trying to figure out who you know. If it's some, a character we knew, but I, I had to put Garibaldi out because they literally went right to the next scene with Garibaldi and then showed, I believe then they showed Soulholder 1 stunning that guy or about to stun the other guy. So mm-hmm. 
maybe someone that we've seen but don't necessarily know yet. Like there's mm-hmm. the other the other crew members. Yeah. So hopefully we'll find out. I just wanted to because uh, I wrote down this quote, but I just thought it was interesting the way um, that the soul hunter sees the Mimbari. And I wonder if that's how we're supposed to see them, too. He just described them as Mimbari, pale, bloodless. Look in their eyes. You see nothing but mirrors, infinities of reflection. So that kind of like was interesting to me in terms of their characterization. I just wanted to bring that up. That's all. Yeah. And and there was also the thing where we find out when Delenn is injured that Mimbari will like keep on living even through like great injury and blood loss, I think was the way mm-hmm. that it was put. Yeah, and I was trying to figure out if he meant just like in terms of their physicality, they were able to live long, or if he also meant that they fight so much harder, they don't mind dying as much. And I thought maybe that was a uh, an allusion to the fact that they believe in reincarnation. But um, yeah, so definitely interesting Membari information. Mm-hmm. Okay, how about uh, episode writing? Shane, do you want to start us off? Um, yeah. I mean, it's not as good as uh, last week's Midnight and Fire Online, but I um, really, really like this uh, one particularly a lot, actually. I mean, the acting performance of Soul Hunter 1 isn't the greatest in the world, but he is a very good actor, so I don't know what went wrong with that. So I'm going to have to probably give it 6 out of 10. And you want me to come up with a rating system, don't you? Um, <laughs> uh, six out of ten. The land screams. There we are. Six out of ten. What? The land screams. Oh, the land screams. <laughs> nice. Okay, Heidi. Okay, I like this one quite a bit. Um, the the only things that really took me out of it were just like questioning why Sinclair felt he had to do everything and that was only particularly in the first few minutes and uh i I really liked this whole concept of souls and seeing everything from the different points of view and so i went with a 7.5 pokemon balls of souls (laughs) cool how about you elizabeth yeah the first time i watched it i was just kind of so-so on it but when I watched it again, I really, really, really liked it. And I think it was because I had to take an episode to get used to the Soul Hunter and the way he was talking. Um, and I don't know. I just thought we got so much good information. But still, we have lots of questions. Um, I like how they're bringing up, you know, the metaphysical aspects of this universe. Um, and I really liked <laughs> Dr. Franklin. But I... Um, I just liked everybody in this episode and I don't know. I, I feel weird that I want to give it a higher grade than the last episode because I don't know. I think I almost enjoyed it more for some reason. I think I just like delving into a certain aspect. Um, so I want to give it uh, 7.5 orbs of Thessala. And yes, I'll <laughs> bring a Buffy reference into anything. But... <laughs> okay, then I'll, I'll go for my okay. Uh, rating. Yeah, I like the concepts in the story. Some of the storytelling is really good. You get little glimpses of uh, Membari culture and the acting of Soul Hunter 1 really brings it down. And it's a shame and 
I've got to give it six out of ten very long vacations. Nice. Oh, for me, I liked the episode. I really liked William Morgan Shepard. I didn't like some of Delin's, some of her overreactions. Uh, I'd missed some of the characters, but I thought not having them around made the episode flow better and made doing the recap easier. So I'll give it eight out of ten newly freed souls. Nice. Sorry about my dog. I don't know if you could hear him, but... No. Okay, good. So how about feedback? Well, first, I want to thank Jason22A and BuffyVS for leaving us iTunes reviews. We very much appreciate Thank you. Yay. And we got email feedback from Lauren. Anybody want to read her email? Well, I didn't read anything last week, so let me go ahead. Sorry, Lori. Yeah, Lori. This is from Lori. I'm betting you all enjoyed the return of Dr. Franklin, as well as more detailed introduction. Enjoy his scientific and sceptical viewpoint in the face of mystery and a lot of general creepiness. Also liked seeing a bit more about Ivanova and how she seemed to make a small prayer when the body was released into space. Wow. I thought the Telltale Heart scene, ah oh yes, Telltale Heart scene, was very creepy and well done, and gave an interesting view of Down Below. We see that this is by no means a Star Trek ship. Again, Sinclair runs off to jump into a ship at the first chance he gets, <laughs> and then does not call for backup when, encounter, when he encounters the Soul Hunter. Poor Garibaldi, being charged with the safety of the of the station, even though Londo and Dakar were missing from the story, it was pretty captivating, with a lot of <coughs> sorry, with a lot of backstory mystery on Delenn and hints of religion. Overall, a good episode. Human of the week, Doctor Franklin, Alan Delenn. Thanks, and keep up those wild theories coming. Lori. <laughs> Thanks, Lori. Thank you, Lori. What does Lori mean? Did she say the return of Dr. Franklin? Have we seen him before? I don't think so. I think maybe she um, mistyped uh, because she says the return of Dr. Franklin as a, well as a more detailed introduction. So I just think she was writing two sentences and they got mushed together. Probably okay. the return of a doctor. Can I ask a question about, speaking of that, of characters, there is a character in the credits called Lanier. Did we, we met Lanier before? Am I, am no. I pronouncing that right? L-E-N-N-I-E-R? Yeah, you pronounced it right. It's... Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Okay. It's, Never mind. We haven't, we haven't met all the main characters yet. Okay. Yeah. Okay, we have any comments from Facebook? Yes, we have... Um, a feedback from Bob. He says, My only reaction to this episode was that it was really a nice twist to see Delenn being deadly serious, which Sinclair didn't expect either. Oh, and the use of the term 5x5 five five before Buffy. Yeah. Yes, that was funny. Thanks, Bob. Thanks, Bob. Thanks, Bob. Uh, isn't 5x5 five five meant to be a military term anyway? It is. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah, yeah. It makes sense. Right. 5x5, five B. Five, be five. We used to say that all the time. 
I watched Buffy. Okay, our next episode is titled Born to the Purple. Any episode or overall predictions or theories? <laughs> what is it called? Born to the Purple? Born to Born. the Purple. Um, <laughs> what is wrong with these titles? Uh, Elizabeth, have you seen the, what is it, One-Eyed, One-Horned, Flying Purple People Eater? Or heard that no. song? Uh, I think I've heard this a song. With that there's a movie too, but um, <laughs> let's see. I'm gonna go with the alien race of the one-eyed, one-horned, flying purple people eater <laughs> shows up at that <laughs> Oh, that's better than mine. Um, the artist formerly known as Prince showing up and doing a concert at the station. <laughs> oh, he's an alien, isn't he? <laughs> um, gosh, I don't know. Okay, well, hmm. Born to the purple. Well, Delenn was wearing purple robes. Um, my god. These are like X-Files titles. I mean, how do you make predictions on something like this? Well, X-Files titles are all in you know, Latin or some other language. Exactly. <laughs> if you don't know what they mean. Maybe it has something to do with size. Maybe like because they're born into it? I don't know. I don't Go know what has to do with purple. <laughs> yes. Okay. It has to. There's some purple has to do something with size, and they're since they're born into it. It's about how somebody became a psi or more background on the psi core. That's I guess my guess. Okay. As far as overall predictions, I would like to predict that um, the previous doctor, Doctor Ben. That's all I can remember that his name was. Um, he has gone to work for the president, but actually the Vorlons are going to make him crazy and he'll assassinate the president. Oh my goodness. Awesome. <laughs> and that will also get us to Earth, so even better. Right. Uh, and I have well, one more while no, you're no, thinking. No. Um, okay, my other one is that I think that Delenn has to be evil and has some horrible plots for whatever they're using Sinclair for that I have no idea but I think that she she has to be bad or they're just trying to lead me in that direction and I'm falling for it okay oh that's <clears throat> I'm having trouble with the whole Delenn plot thing I can't figure out what they want with Sinclair um maybe they could see that he was going to be well there's not necessarily any evidence that they can see the future, but maybe they knew that he was going to be powerful or belong to this, you know, be the commander of Babylon 5, and so they were going to use him in some capacity there. Um, but I can't imagine what it would be for, um, so I, I, I won't guess that. Um, I, my guess is that we will see more about the Membari reincarnation, um, and... I also predict that uh, Sinclair's hero complex will get him into trouble at some point, hopefully soon. Mm. And I guess that's that's all for now. All right, cool. Okay, Shane, well, thanks for joining us for this episode. Where can we find you on the net? You can find me uh, on the Red Wolf introcast. Um, that's just an introcast about uh, Red Wolf. We actually... A couple of hours ago before this recording, just uh, um, did episode 5 of season 10. We've just got one more episode to go, and we've finished uh, the proper uh, show. Wow. Nice. How long have you been doing it for? Almost two years. Oh, wow. 
So are you going to do any, like, summary, series summary type episodes? Uh, we've got the, we've got the books to go. Oh, okay. They, they did, they did a couple of books. So, yeah, so hopefully, fingers crossed, we'll actually, uh, my, at the moment, the final episode will actually be out on our two-year anniversary. Oh, cool. Right. Cool. These are British it's... seasons, right? So they're short. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, between, uh, apart from season nine, which was only a mini, which was a mini series, there are, they are between six and eight episodes per season. Okay. I really want to check that show out. So I'll, I'll find your podcast. It's really worthwhile. I finally do. It's on Netflix. Awesome. Yeah, it's on my Sci-fi list. comedy. It's a sci-fi comedy and it's really worthwhile. And I'm also a, an occasional guest on Aboard the Nightbirds, which is a chapter-by-chapter chapter, um, review of the Harry Potter books. Oh, oh cool. I'm going yeah, to ready really to start rereading those. So, so chapter-by-chapter, chapter, wow. Mm-hmm. They do two chapters at a time, right? Yes, I do, yes. Yeah, I've oh. been on one before, too. That sounds like a, an ambitious project. I believe they're about to start the third book. Mm-hmm. So... Okay. Well, that's all we have for today, everyone. Join us again next week for Born to the Purple. Until then, take care. Bye. 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 Shock taught. Balenciaga. Look for us on the web in iTunes and Stitcher Radio. Also at downbelowpodcast.com, facebook.com slash groups slash downbelowpodcast, and also on Twitter at downbelowcast.